Our scripture today is going to come from Philippians chapter 4. So I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to begin at verse 6. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And he shares these words. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. The news of the coronavirus, it's everywhere. The moment we turn on the televisions, that's what we see. The moment we pull up the internet, that's what we see. It's, it's a very real part of our lives right now. And it shows that we are a very interconnected people. It reminds us that our world is like a spider web. There are all kinds of strands, major and minor strands, interconnecting us. And it shows us if you thump a spider web in one place, it'll wiggle all over. And our world is wiggling all over. This is not something that just affects a few of us. It's all of us. That's why we are worshiping God together through video today. Our schedules are changing. We are trying to figure out how to do life differently just for a little while. There were 50 plus of us that were going to Israel later this month. That's been changed Life changes, schedules change, that trips postponed, schools are changing their schedules, some universities are now doing their studies online. It's a different time, and with different times and change, we can often revert to fear. Fear's a reality, this is a new virus, we're not really sure exactly what to expect, we're beginning to see some things that are changing now that we've been dealing with it for a few months, but it's still pretty new. So we, we try to figure out the balance between panic and prudence, between reacting and overreacting, between fear and faith. I think one of the things that we have seen over the last several weeks is that fear spreads faster than the actual virus. We tend to be afraid, and when we do, we react. Sometimes we overreact. Several of you have seen the video. It's been shared with me a few times of uh, these ladies that are fighting in a supermarket over toilet paper, toilet paper, a a cart filled with toilet paper, and they're fighting over taking out one roll to share with someone else. It's kind of amazing to me. I actually heard one of the doctors reacting to it on one of the news shows and said, this thing doesn't cause diarrhea. And yet, my wife and I went to the grocery store just last night to pick up a few things, and the entire shelf and section that had the toilet paper on it was empty. 
And I guess for a backup, even the paper towels were getting low. Hand sanitizer? I understand. Toilet paper? It's fear. Fear so often drives us. And we know that. The media knows that. Some people in the media love to use fear because we are driven by fear. We'll pay attention to fear. So we we get to hear a lot of the numbers of how many cases there are. We hear a lot of numbers of how many deaths have occurred. But you don't hear quite as much reporting on the number of people that have recovered and the number of people that are doing extremely well. We drive with fear. It's It affects our lives. Politicians know how to use certain buzzwords, especially in campaign seasons, because fear works. But we pastors can't just look at the media and politicians. We're kind of guilty of it ourselves. As a matter of fact, I remember when I was a kid, my parents were active in the youth program with my brothers and my sister and and so I was the tag-along kid that got to go with them when they would be helping out. And there was a community youth event that all these churches from across the community were coming together for this event. And when we were all trapped in the sanctuary of the church that was hosting it, and I mean, there were youth all over the place, packed in there. They showed a video that I can still remember to this day. I still know the name of it still can see vividly the scenes that were designed to scare me to Christ. And it didn't scare me to Christ, it just scared me. As a matter of fact, my brothers and my sister and I can still sit together even today around a table and bring up that video and the memories that are there. Fear drives us, but God doesn't want a relationship with him based on fear. Just like I I never wanted my children to come up and, and give me a hug and an embrace because they were afraid of me and they were afraid what I might would do if they didn't come up and give me a hug. I wanted my children to come and give me a hug because they loved me and they wanted to be in a relationship with me. And That's what God is looking for from us. I think it's one of the reasons then that that God constantly has said throughout the Scripture. As a matter of fact, it's one of the, the most numerous commands or admonitions that God gives to us is that we fear not. Do not be afraid. The Scripture that we just read a few moments ago is written by the Apostle Paul when he was writing to the church at Philippi. I'm going to read it again, but this time from the New International Version. It's just some different nuances. But Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, one of the things that I think is important to know about this scripture is Paul is writing this while he's in prison. It may sound like Paul's at some retreat center, sitting on a deck somewhere overlooking a a lake and rocking in the rocking chair and, and writing these nice words, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, 
With thanksgiving, present your request to God. He's actually writing this from a jail cell, from an ancient jail cell. And yet, Paul is speaking about rejoicing. He speaks of joy in this letter. And he's telling us not to worry, not to be anxious, not to be upset. And when Paul writes this, he's not going through a time in his life when everything is awesome. He actually is experiencing a time where everything is awful. And yet he says, don't worry. Don't be anxious. I hear Paul differently when I know what he's dealing with. It reminds me of, well, when when Jesus is on the, the side of the mountain overlooking the Sea of Galilee, and he's giving that beautiful Sermon on the Mount. So he's taking a seat and, and he's looking out among the crowds and he tells them, don't worry. He said, consider the lilies. I think he pointed over at flowers. Consider the lilies of the field and look at how God takes care of them. And, and consider the birds of the air and how God takes care of them. And then Jesus looks at us. He looked at the people. He looks at you. And he said, You're more valuable than that. To God, you are so much more valuable. So do we not trust that if God takes care of the lilies of the field, the birds of the air, that he'll take care of you? And then Jesus asked the very pertinent question, I think, in verse 27 when he says, And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life, In other words, our lives, they're so short anyway. Do we really want to spend them in fear and anxiety and worry or trust and relationship? So Paul says, when you're in a situation that's out of your control, then that's when you pray. And you pray with thanksgiving because you trust that that this God who so loved the world still loves the world. And when we pray, we pray with confidence. And then Paul says, And may then the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Peace. I mean, that that sense of comfort, that sense of serenity in our lives. One of my favorite movies, I'll confess to you, is The Lion King. Now, it was nice when my children were little because I had an excuse and a reason to watch it. I'm watching it because it's the kids. The kids want to watch it. I will confess to you, I watch it now as an adult when the kids are nowhere around. And I was glad the remake came out because it gave me another reason to watch it again. And and one of the things I love about the show is, is Simba, this young lion, is the prince. He's to become the king of the jungle, but tragedy occurred, crisis occurred, guilt and shame occurred, and so he fled. He fled in fear. And he runs into a couple of interesting characters, Timon and Pumbaa. They're great characters, and, and one of the things they try to teach him is, hey, don't worry about it, Hakuna Matata, that's the word. There's no worries at all. At all. Actually, they They go on to share, you know, it's our problem-free philosophy, Hakuna Matata. Well, I don't really think a 
problem-free philosophy is exactly what Paul's talking about here. And actually, hakuna matata is a Swahili phrase, and it means no worries, no trouble, but it also means recognizing what you can do and not worrying about the things that you can't. It's not a sense of denial, but it's a sense of prudence. What can I control? And how do I focus on the things that I can control? And how do I trust God to handle the things that I can't control? Where does my faith step in when my abilities have been maxed out. Stephen Covey is, is a great author, and he wrote a book many years ago called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in his book, he, he has a diagram of a, a circle and then an outer circle. The inner circle is the circle of influence. The outer circle, then, is the circle of concern. And, and what he shares about it is that in that inner circle, that's where we're able to make a difference. And the outer circle, we're out of control. We don't have power to do things in the circle of concern. So he said, focus your attention then and your energies and your efforts and what you're doing, where you can make a difference, the circle of influence. And it was interesting, he shares that as you focus on where you can make a difference and where you can make changes, that your circle of influence actually begins to grow larger, which means the space of the circle of concern gets even smaller. For many of us, we go through our lives anxious and worrying about the things that are beyond our control. And our worries and our fears are making absolutely no difference where we could Focus on where can I have an impact? Where can I make a change? There's a beautiful prayer. It's called the Serenity Prayer. It's attributed to a great theologian by the name of Reinhold Niebuhr. It's also used in many support groups and recovery groups. Here's the prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Serenity means a sense of calm, a sense of peace, a sense to acknowledge there are certain things that we can't change, and I can't fret over that. But there are some things I can, and I'm going to give it everything I've got. But God, give me the wisdom to know the difference. In Isaiah 41, hear these powerful words in verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Psalm 56, verse 2 and 3. O Most High, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Remember this. 
The God who so loved you that He would die for you loves you too much to abandon you now. The God who so loves you that He would die for you loves you way too much to abandon you. Jesus tells us, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. John 14. And John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. Will you pray with me? God, it is so easy to turn to fear when there are things that are beyond us. But nothing is beyond you. And we trust in you. And we celebrate that you loved us enough to die for us. And you love us too much to abandon us now. We claim your grace. We claim your love. And we claim the peace that passes all understanding. In the precious name of Jesus, who is the Christ now and forever. Amen.